We're back. It's the Winging It F1 podcast with myself, Nigel Chu, Adam Dickinson, and Freddie Coates. We're back for 2021. We hope you all had a very lovely Christmas and a happy new year as well. Uh, not sure what we're going to talk about on this podcast because I've forgotten already. Uh, how are you guys doing, Adam and Freddie? Some things don't change, do they, Nigel? Uh, back for another season of the podcast, another season of Formula One eventually. Um, um, <laughs> you don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> I'm very good, thank you. I'm very good. I could list off what we're going to talk about if you want. But no, that's, all right. for, that's all right. Let's save it for later. Yeah, I'm very Keep good as well. So- Had a nice new year and yeah, just ready uh, ready to do se- uh, Series 2, not Season 2 because that's American, Series 2 of Winging It. How are you guys finding the new national lockdown should i have asked that or is that gonna get us into a <laughs> asked it now yeah i don't know it's not, not much has changed yet to be honest i think i was staying inside mostly with my family over christmas and i'm mm. still staying inside with my family now so to be honest i don't know not much has changed so far i think I just hope it's over as quickly as possible because, yeah, you know, it, once I do go back to uni and, you know, kind of move out of, yeah, once term starts and move out of this kind of phase of post-Christmas slumber, then, you know, I will want to be able to do things. So, yeah, I just hope it's over as quickly as possible, really. I know what Adam means. It kind of feels like the holidays have carried on and it's a hard, hard way to get back into the mindset of life, frankly. Um like I'm, I'm struggling to get into a mindset to do revision for exams. Uh, we've all got coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Oh yeah, but it's fine. I think I'll get there in the end. Um, it's, it's inspired me a bit to try and be a bit more interesting in things I cook because sometimes I'll just put something in, like fish and chips in the oven and have that. But I kind of been thinking, hmm, maybe I'll cook a recipe or something and go and buy ingredients and stuff like that. So watch this space if you want to see the wing in it food blog. What do you shop for any? I'm a Tesco boy. Tesco boy. Yeah. Well, there is an Audi round corner if I want to um, fork out a bit. i <laughs> generally Morrison because there's three. Near where I live in Sheffield, there's three. There's a Morrison's, a Sainsbury's and a Tesco's. And I think Morrison's mm. is the biggest shop and the cheapest. But the Tesco's is nearest. So sometimes I've kind of been in like starting to fry the onions and then realise I've not got any uh, chopped tomatoes. <laughs> so kind of have to run out and run to Tesco's and grab a tin. But yeah, normally... Are you frying the garlic? Do you have any garlic? Morrison's. Yes. Good. But, you know... Got to put garlic <laughs> in everything. That's, that's the rule of cooking. If you fry garlic, then everyone comes in and goes, oh, that smells nice. And then that means you've done something well. Have mm. either of you made any New Year's resolutions? Uh, apparently today we're recording this on the 6th I don't know when it's going to go up but apparently the 6th of January is the day that most people break them oh is it Mm. I mean I don't really understand New Year's resolutions to be honest just do it all becoming a better person becoming a better why do you have to wait to New Year to do it last February I said you don't do it when you can last February I said oh I'll do a week of vegan I'll do a week of vegan and I haven't done it yet. So <laughs> maybe I'll do that if I get really bored in a couple of weeks. I'll do a, a, a vegan week. But I think the idea is that kind of after Christmas and, you know, you kind of, then you're starting again with life as we all mm. are with kind of uni yeah. and this. So you might as well, you know, take a chance. But I've also heard that January is like the worst time to do it because it's, you know, kind of dark and cold and miserable weather and, you know, it's days are short and it's yeah and you know but, kind of just getting back to work is difficult enough so traditionally if it's a normal year and this year as well you're inside more in a january month anyway because you've had your party season of christmas and new year january you're inside more and can focus on yourself more whereas if it's in the summer say where it's all upbeat outside you'll want to go for a drink with your friends you'll want to go for a chicken or something but so if you want to be a vegan a you've got to do it when you're looking after yourself on your own I'd really love oh. to go for a drink with. I'd, I'd love to go for a chicken. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, I really ball. need in my life. It's illegal <laughs> cockfighting rings in Sheffield that we all go to normally, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Oh. <laughs> well, I might, when I've moved back to Sheffield, my flatmate might have a hamster, so I'm looking wow. forward to that. That's something to What's the hamster for. might? What might the hamster be called? I don't know. I want scruples or flummoxed would be my two top flummoxed. choices. Yeah, but flummoxed I, the hamster. But it's or scruples. Well, scruples would be top one, and then flummoxed would be mm. two. But um, it's not my hamster, so I don't think I'll get a say in it. If you had a dream pet, what would it be? Dog. To be honest, never had a dog. I like a dog. Like a massive friendly dog, or like a small cuddly dog. Not really sure. Like. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think. I think I could like small, medium, or large. To be honest, I mean anything would be an improvement pet. over no dog at all. Well, Have you ever had absolute? Not absolutely huge, like a Rottweiler or, you know, one of the ones that just look like a wolf. Uh, <laughs> I like that. But yeah, yeah. Just I don't know. Kind of Labrador size would be probably the biggest. Nigel, you said you've never had a pet. So have you got? Any harboring dreams, or do you do you just are scared of animals? Or I mean, a dog and a duck have bitten me in my life so far. Oh, so uh, that a pup yeah. called a dog and duck, or <laughs> I thought you said you it was a swan. A actually, it was a swan, Ooh, not a duck. They can well, break your arm, you know. Yeah, no. proper. Uh, Everyone says uh, that swans. My friend had his aunt had a guard duck. Which was just lived in the garden and was God, really God. aggressive. Yeah, she didn't want a dog. I can't remember why, but she, she didn't want a dog, dog for, for for whatever reason. Yeah, so she had a guard duck. She lived alone, and yeah, just thought, oh, there's a guard duck. Well, that was that, that, that's been an interesting start to the podcast. Uh, um, yeah, as the guys mentioned before, with lockdown and stuff, it is tough for some people. Like genuinely hard. I think Austria, also at some point last year, found things really difficult. And you probably, you know, if you're watching these podcasts or you see our tweets or you're not, or you're not, you know, friends with us in like real life, I guess you only see us on camera. You probably wouldn't know. I think that's the case for a lot of people right now. A lot of people might you might think they're all right, they're doing okay, but the reality is they're not. And you no, know, I can speak for myself at the end of last year. November, December and stuff, I'd do this podcast and stuff and, you know, I'd be all right for the hour or two hours we did it, but then, like, half an hour after, I'd be, I was, you know, pretty down because of uh, a unique set, let's call it a unique set of circumstances that these two know about. Uh, yeah, it was really hard and I only really, things only really started getting a bit better for me probably about two weeks ago. So there was a good seven or eight weeks where, for me, I was really down. And and I I was one of those people who, who've never really suffered from mental health. And I'm, I'll probably feel, I, I only probably heard about it four or five years ago, which I think is quite late for our generation. And I never thought I would suffer from it, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely, last year, I learned a lot. Uh and yeah, I think with this lockdown and things going on right now, there'll be a lot of people who are in a similar, similar position to me. So, uh, yeah, I don't really know where I'm going with this. But yeah, things are pretty hard right now, aren't they, guys? Yeah, I think I'm the same. You know, I've said this lockdown so far not really has anything. It just kind of feels like an extension of Christmas. But certainly last year kind of the first lockdown was quite tough and yeah I think for me it was kind of stemmed from being unproductive with uni work and kind of not not getting that but not just kind of not wanting to do it you know it kind of felt paralytically um, unproductive and I felt I couldn't get it done and then that would kind of affect everyone else everything else that I did and to be honest, yeah, I kept it pretty quiet and, you know, I don't think a lot of people knew about it really until I kind of went out and actually told people and, you know, same with both of you. I kind of see, you know, you tweeting stuff or, you know, kind of talking to you both on this and it kind of looks like everything's sorted and everything's 
fine and it's kind of only as, as the years gone through that actually you find out that it's really not and so yeah I would just say from from my point of view kind of talking to someone having someone that you know you can talk to because for me last year I kind of went on for genuinely it felt like a month or two months or so kind of not wanting you know just kind of telling myself oh you know tomorrow it'll be fine next week I'll be fine and it was only actually kind of when I stopped and I remember kind of just one night I just it was like lying in bed and thought I can't do this anymore so I just kind of wrote down everything here actually um and yeah just kind of spent about an hour writing everything down on that and then kind of next day you know told parents and told someone on on the course leaders and that kind of really improved it for me and just helped me kind of reset and get what I needed to do kind of done in the short term and then be better going into long term so I'd just say definitely do that if you're feeling like that yeah that's brilliant that um no I found it really hard to talk about as well and uh, you're definitely right there Adam once you talk about it even even if you talk talk to it about with a stranger or something it genuinely you know it does help and you know as long as people are there for you which I'm sure everyone there's people who are there for and then uh, yeah just be be there for someone when they're ready to talk about it yeah Freddie have you got anything to add? Um, I'm, I've got very similar things to add to what you guys mm. have said really that um, I was speaking to Adam uh, just before the first COVID lockdown came into force. Um, and I, I, we'd all known each other from about September when we started university 2019. And I had a really rough time with starting university, really rough because it coincided with some really big personal parts of my life that then starting university just, just times that by a million and was mm. just basically forced that on ahead to into my head so much that whenever I was alone in my room at university I would spiral down and spiral down I'd see one tweet say and I would just nearly collapse and panic attacks and stuff like that so and I only really told one person about it but when I did tell them about it it really helped and then I told my my parents about it and that really helped and I told key people and I was really able to pick up from it and was on a kind of upward spiral upwards turn from there and I remember speaking to Adam about it because I hadn't spoken to him about it at the time. And he had no idea anything was up because I held up such a pretense. I held up such a facade in my life that everything was good. And for the most part, lots of things were good. And like you say, Nigel, going onto the podcast and having that release was fantastic. It was really great to have that kind of opportunity to ignore. But rather, I, I became the kind of person who would clutch for opportunities to ignore rather than trying to open up and I was trying to push it down rather than bring it out and when I brought things out it's been much much better for me and it has been much more um helpful for my mental health personally and I had these issues that I had have have carried on all this year and up until up until the past month or so and when they've really hit hard I've been I've gone straight to talk to people about it and it's kicked it out of the kicked out of the room quickly and I'm building up better better ways to deal with it and building up way some much more open um, tactics to deal with my mental health than I have been it's such a learning experience for all of us but for me it feels like I'm still learning but I am learning positively in ways to cope with it and I like you said earlier Nigel it's not something you've been aware of for a couple of years I really wasn't really aware of mental health as an issue for me until probably two years ago and then I would look back and go, oh, well, I did have really bad mental health for the past 10 years, basically. For other bit, this bit was awful. This bit was awful. This bit was great. But fluctuating all over the place and seeing examples of where like I flipped and just kicked off and that kind of thing, where things, you know, come to a head and come to a point. And people don't put that down as mental health. They just put that down as life. But life is mental health. And dealing with mental health is life as well. So there's a lot to be said for opening up and like you guys have said we've all found ways of coping in in getting help from other people and be it just friends i've not sought professional help um but i've found help with friends and family who it's not a burden to talk to them because they care about you i 
I always thought I was burdening people if I spoke to people. But then I also then I took a step back and looked at it and thought, hang on a second, I want them to speak to me. Why aren't they speaking to me? Why aren't they speaking to me? Then I realized, oh, because I've been in their position and I wouldn't want to speak. So it's there's a lot to be so it's about feeling comfortable to speak to people, but also being that person who someone can be comfortable to speak to. Yeah. And I think there's a lot to be said for um, having that approach. Absolutely. Yeah. I think people understanding, realizing that uh, everyone reacts differently to situations. And you know, for some people, it might take two weeks to get over from over. For some, it might take two years, you know. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think my biggest, if I could go back to how, well, I'm not, I don't want to go back to how I was, but if, if I was, I would ask. I wish I'd told more people about it because I remember I put out a tweet once of it early November and some people uh, messaged me which was really nice I genuinely really appreciated it I wish I'd wish I always told them even though I wasn't, I wasn't really that close with them but I, I knew them and stuff I, I wish I'd told them just because you never know what they might say what advice they might give and, it, and that one bit of advice that two seconds of them saying or one message that might be all it takes to trigger something in, in your mind mentally to say all oh, right yeah i didn't, didn't think about that that kind of thing so yeah I think speaking to as many people as you can is is definitely uh the big thing and, and time as well just time is a healer no matter how long it, it takes and stuff so yeah is there anything else anyone wants to add no. I don't think so. I think, yeah, time is a healer, but don't rely on time. Yeah. Um, time will come, but you can, you can fight for yourself in that time as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the risk of being like, a cliche, but. And I yeah. guess also it's just like change. I think change is what did it for me. And from going from uni from school where kind of everything was scheduled within a day, and then in my own schedule time, I didn't really, you know, I had homework and all of that. But, you know, I didn't kind of have to do stuff outside of that so much. And then going to uni where you simultaneously got a lot less scheduled teaching and, you know, within the kind of nine to five, nine to four day, you've not got so much. But outside of that, in your own schedule time, you've got so much more kind of living and working. And then adding COVID to that. So, yeah, I think just kind of mm. when there's when there's change or, you know, thinking about being prepared for that because I know I definitely underestimated how hard coming to uni would be and I think yeah just kind of being prepared for that and obviously what we've all said about talking to people talking to people as well sooner than you know as soon as you can yeah definitely times are tough and, and if anyone like and, and I mean this if anyone is listening or watching and needs someone to talk to I, I would happily and Adam I'm sure Adam and for anyone to know, I would happily you know message you or whatever to mm. talk about it you know, even if I'm not close with you or whatever, and we generally all mean that. Uh, it's going to be a bit weird moving on to F1 from that, uh, but <laughs> going to because we are an F1 podcast. Uh, there's not been too much news in the last two, three weeks since the last podcast. Uh, so the Australian Grand Prix will be postponed, apparently. Not been confirmed yet, but it. I'm pretty sure it will be. Yeah. Is there? A, do you guys have any idea when it's going to be? Because I'm looking at the calendar. And I'm thinking, what on earth are they going to fit it in? I think it will go if it happens, which I think the the um the, the promoters yeah, are. Happen? I think it will happen. I think the promoters are very, very um, very. What's the word? I'd say adamant to hold the Grand Prix. And they've been um, they've been better this year in that they've actually you know had a serious conversations a few weeks before the build of the circuit even starts at all to actually talk about the actual scheduling of it and they've been better with with their discussions with Formula One and the Victorian government as than they were last year they weren't they weren't so bolshy and ignorant they've actually thought about it this year and I think we need to take a second to say yeah well done to actually cancel not cancel, postponing it three months in advance not a day in advance and i think if it's going to go in anywhere it should go after japan um 
I think I don't know if it's a gap in the calendar there. I don't know if they're going Singapore, um, Sochi, Japan is like a triple header or something bonkers there. But if there's a gap in the calendar there, that seems to be the most logical place to put it. Where Adelaide used to be post Suzuka, because the F1 circus is there, and it. Well, then they've like got to go 5, across. Five thousand miles off, but yeah, that, yeah, but it, it's in, it's in, <laughs> it's in, it's in yeah, yeah. that part of that, the eastern that, yeah. part of the of the yeah. of the world. It's not in Mexico to then go to Australia to then go to Brazil. Say it's not stupid mm. to go from Japan to Australia. If if it does go in that gap, it will be Sochi, Singapore, Suzuka, Australia, Kota, Mexico, all in a row. <laughs> oh dear! And I think they can feasibly having... move Saudi Arabia and Abu Dhabi back yeah, two weeks, that's three say. weeks. I think they moved that back two weeks and then put Australia where Saudi Arabia is now. And if you move Saudi and Abu Dhabi back two weeks, that's what I would. Do. Yeah, I think that's what that I can sounds do. about I mean, right. It's kind of not something I've really up until the twenty twenty season, which was my first kind of covering F one. Kind of reporting on it and being, you know, kind of aware of all the practice sessions, not just kind of the qualifying and race day. Oh. <laughs> it's that like means... just the double and triple headers were like, you know, a lot, and it's kind of weekend after weekend after weekend. So, yeah, yeah I think I've kind of got a new appreciation of what, you know, how hard it actually is, and you know, that's just me kind of doing it from the outside. So, yeah, I think. But on the flip side, I do really want an Australian Grand Prix because. Two missing two years in a row yeah. is dangerous. You know, there's a lot of Grand Prix that have kind of missed, missed a, just a year, and you know that's kind of a precursor to them, you know, moving on or being weakened or whatever. And I don't know. There's, I've not heard anything about it, but it's you know it's just a kind of worry in the back of my mind that you know one into two is is bad, two into three is even worse. So. Yeah, I really hope there is. I really, really hope there is an Australian Grand Prix. I think, yeah, two years missing is is dangerous if you're uh, a Grand Prix like Brazil, which is very tentative on its finance normally. Yeah. Um, but for um, Australia, I think they're a bit more, as a country, it's a bit more, we want a big sporting event, we want a Grand Prix, and there's been a Formula One Grand Prix every year in Australia since the late 80s, apart from last year, and that wasn't for lack of trying. So I think Formula One doesn't need to worry about Australia for the next 10 years. But in my opinion, I think the short-term safety should be the priority. And I think they actually are taking that into account now. Yeah, yes, uh, you're right. <laughs> so I'm just going to tell you, this is part two, because the Zoom only lets you record for 40 minutes. It's really annoying. So Zoom, please let us I'm going to cut that longer. out because we only recorded for 10 minutes of the first one so I just think what do they do for half an hour of the first zoom so start again well Nigel slept that's what he did <laughs> yeah we can leave this in we can leave this in we can leave oh it. my Let's god carry on we're leaving this in no we're not yes we are we're leaving this in I have uh, the power no this is the, the audience this is what the audience wants to see no it's you not think about on like on Top Gear or whatever when they'll do something and then they'll go edit that out and do you ever think about all the times when they do that and they just do edit it out? They just don't include it. Yeah, is that people Every want to day, see it all keeps me up twenty night, hours Adam. of Jeremy Clarkson? People want to see all twenty hours of Freddie Coates and Adam Dickinson. We're giving, we're going to leave. Don't compare in. me to Jeremy Clarkson, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, moving on. I think <laughs> no. Yeah, China's. I think China is going to be postponed as well. I've definitely not heard that from someone. But yeah, watch out for that. And Who's your source, Nigel? Who's your source? Uh, F1 has to <laughs> yeah F1 needs needs races as well so I think Australia they're going to do everything they can to try and get all 23 races going because they lost a lot of money last year uh, so they really need to do everything they can to cram cram it all in uh, when pre-season testing looks like it's going to be moved to Bahrain as well into the Barcelona so we could potentially potentially have pre-season testing in Bahrain and possibly an, an, another double header with the sake out of the layout as the opener and with Bahrain the following year. It could be it could just be a Bahrain fest. I think moving Bahrain forward as a race 
I haven't seen that touted anywhere, but I think that's a good idea to give them chunks of time later on in the season. If they can get some people to move forward, Bahrain seems like an easy one to move forward because nothing happens in Bahrain. And then um, Shanghai as well, the track. I mean, I don't know how much is booked currently in travel, but if they can get that planned around now, then maybe that's a bit something they can do a bit easier. We can move a few of the starting rounds so that there's more time at the end. But I mean, I think that's, that's too big an ask really to shift the whole calendar forward a week. Um, but I think you're right with Bahrain. There's been talk of the double header. I think that's more been speculation than anything. I think they just, if they get Australia in, it will still be 23 races. If they add the double header, then that will be 24. And that's not what's been signed up to by the teams um, for this year. It's not been approved by the World Motorsport, Motorsport Council. And with the current European COVID climate crisis, I don't think there'll be too many discussions about adding a race now. There'll be, I think they'll be more comfortable with having a race two weeks later than they would have thought, than a season starting two weeks later than they would have thought, personally. It'd be nice to see, though. There is a significant possibility or probability that somewhere down the line a race will just get cancelled I don't know. If yeah. you have four races yeah, on, definitely. if you have twenty-four races on the calendar, I think it's as likely that twenty-three of them will get raced as all twenty-four get raced. To be honest, just because of the way the world is, and you know things are changing very quickly. We've had that here in Britain more than more than anyone that you know things change quickly. And F one, you know, it's it's not sacred above all else, and you know, no. sport isn't sacred above all else. So, I, yeah, there's I, a very good point to make that this calendar will probably change so much more there's sort of tbc on there which we'll probably talk about in a second but i think this calendar is going to change so much coming up to the latter half of the season and mid mid well midway through the season we don't know what's going to happen like france austria britain could be completely rejigged that kind of era if the calendar for instance in may i I don't see that happening right now canada i don't see happening there's a street circuit as well there's quite a few races yeah, Monaco, Baku. Baku, and Canada is three back three races in a in a row in about a month, which probably just wouldn't happen. I mean, to travel across to Canada from um, Azerbaijan, well, to travel to Azerbaijan from Monaco and to travel to Canada from Azerbaijan is just not feasible. The tools to plan for at the moment. I mean, yeah, vaccines are being rolled out, but you can't plan for June that everything's going to be sacred, like Adam mm-hmm. says, that everything's going to be able, everything's going to be happening as is. Yeah. I'm surprised more countries haven't taken Australia's viewpoint of two weeks quarantine for everybody and that they're happy with the biosphere zone. I mean, Abu Dhabi worked fantastically with the biosphere, it has to be said, with everyone travelling from Bahrain, but you can't do that for, from March to December. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you wanted to talk about the TBC for in April. What, what news have you got for us? Race fans reported that Imola was lining up, but other people have been reporting that Portimao was lining up. And it seems to be a bit like, well, we don't know yet. I think I think the TVC is just going to be called off. Personally, I think there's going to be a gap in the calendar. They just accept is let's we've got a gap in the calendar. I really think really? that could be the case. Oh, yeah, the Two of the worst races from last season. Portimao was not a bad race. Here we go again. It was, it was a good race for a lap when Sainz was in the lead, and then it was a bad race for the rest of it. I don't think it was. So. I think it was bad because the Mercedes were really good. I think it's got the potential to be a fantastic well, race track. Every single race the same that Spa was an yeah, awful race. Yeah. <laughs> the same with Spa was an awful race. Apart from Monza and the second Silverstone and Sakir and Abu Dhabi. So Abu Dhabi's a good race. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, Mercedes were bad, but that's not Austria was saying. a bad I'm saying, one. I'm saying because Lewis Hamilton was able to take the lead after 20 laps and then waltz off 25 seconds into the distance if there was a fight for the lead a bit more or anything then you wouldn't just be getting bored at midfield and who knows Portimao could be the track of the year in 2022 is that kind of thing Spa it's was not, it's really 2021 bad. it's crucially the difference between Portimao and the difference between Portimao and Imola was that Imola was bad for racing because the cars couldn't overtake Portimao wasn't was because of the disparity between the performance of the cars Portimao could be really good in the future with cars that are closer together. Imola, not so much, I think. But they're not going to be closer together this season. 
Or it's doubtful that they'll be closer together this season. But it's a contract for just... years as well. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 don't know. I just think for this year, I, I don't know. I see a different Nurburgring would be quite fun. Istanbul, Maybe fucking home, bring that back. Istanbul, yeah. Mm. I think Istanbul's Malaysia, my favourite. Malaysia back. Um, but yeah, just not Imola and not kind of Portimao either. Sorry. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, that was a mini debate there. Not quite. Not quite to the usual standard, but yeah, that was our first mini debate. All right, the... we've we've got one on race times coming up, so I'll be blocked. Everyone will get bored of that. I think everyone's bored already. Uh, Thanks. News that Lando Norris tested positive when he went to Dubai this week. We obviously hope he gets a lot better. And Definitely. there's quite a lot of people in Dubai, isn't there? Everyone, everyone goes, yeah, in in every sphere as well. It's not like not just F one. Yeah. It's just. Celebrities. If you, have an, in, if you have an Instagram following, you're in Dubai. Yeah, exactly. It's li- literally Are that. They invited. Are they invited there. I don't know. Yeah. I guess it's yeah. warm. It's warm and it's not too positive. far away at the moment. I mean, yeah, I would if I could. <laughs> to yeah, be I fair, four female uh, French or US footballers tested positive, and they were in Dubai as well. So, uh, I think Charles Leclerc might be in there as well. As well. He was. He was there, but I don't think he's tested. Yeah, no, he hasn't haven't announced anything about it, if he has. Yeah, so... Uh, hopefully Norris gets better. I guess if there's a time to have it, and if you're going to be all right, now's not a bad time, I guess. Before, what, 12 weeks before the season? 10 weeks? All right, Helmet Marco. <laughs> I'm just, no, if you can have no, it... No, I'd agree with that. Now. You're, you're mm. right, you're right. It's the best time to have it from a sporting perspective. If you are going to um, have it, obviously it's best not to have it. But... Definitely. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's better to get it out of the way and get it over and done with. Um, <laughs> Just like most things in life. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> you can enjoy some of the things if you want, but no, get it out of the way. I'm going to go to the cinema to see this film. Let's get it out of the way. Let's get this podcast out of the way. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, oh, look, let's go out for dinner. No, let's get out of the way. Uh, the Nigel Chu Wigan lifestyle. <laughs> not my lifestyle. Uh, yeah, then, then the other big-ish, it's not that big, the other important news is that Williams and Mercedes... We're we laughing at already. <laughs> it's it's kind of big. Who knows? Make your it's mind not up, like Lewis Hamilton's retired, is it? It's not like that big. Or yeah. has he? I mean, we'll get on to that. Whoa. Uh, yeah, Williams and Mercedes are getting closer. That sounds weird. Yeah, they're going to be integrating parts, including the gearbox, for next year, which goes against the Williams philosophy, I guess, uh, of what Claire and Frank Williams wanted, because they've always wanted to keep Williams as an independent team. So it looks like Williams are moving into, the, into a B-team approach. Do you guys think this is... A smart move, or does it go against Williams's history? I guess. I think smart move. It, goes, it goes against Williams' history, but that doesn't mean it's not a smart move. Yes. If, yes. if, if <laughs> sticking to your philosophy has left you two seconds off the back of the grid in 2019, or you know whatever it was, and you know it's it's seen you drop back because it's not a philosophy that either works in F1 or you can make work in F1, then it's stupid to carry on with that you know just for the sake of it and yeah I think it's the best move that Williams can make at the moment is you know getting up the grid they need to get up the grid and yeah yeah I think it's a smart move and you know it's sad but at the same time I think you know that that part of Williams history went out with Frank and Claire yeah Formula One's always evolving there's there's a new ownership in Williams. Of course, they're going to be taking different different decisions, and they can they can cancel the fiercely independent stance that was um, Williams' previous management style, which is fair enough because that style management style won in championships when that was Formula One. So they have and they're still on the grid. The Williams are still on the grid, so they're doing something right. But this will take the pressure off Williams financially a lot more to have this relationship with Mercedes. It, it, we don't know if it's been pushed for by Williams or by Mercedes, for instance, um, but it will definitely give them closer ties for one of the best 
for the best Formula One team of all time, basically, which is not a bad decision. You look at Racing Point and their season that's just gone. They've announced their close ties with Mercedes in, in, um, in February 2020. And they got four podiums. They got one pole position. They got a win. So they were there to be able to capitalise because of their close partnership with Mercedes. And it could have been so, more for them. Should have been more for them. <laughs> so with Williams, who knows what their driver lineup is going to be in 2022? But mm. what a Mick Schumacher randomly or something? I don't know. Um, so completely off the shot. I don't know. Why I said that. I just said a name. I was trying to think of a Formula Two driver, but I didn't said the wrong one. Louis Delatras is who I was thinking of. Mm. Um, or something like that, completely random, could be able to get on the podium. <laughs> so was a bit of a bombshell at the end. Get right. right. Louis Delatraz will get on the podium. He's going to be on the podium. Uh, yes. Yeah. The driver I mean, who looks like he's going to endurance racing. I agree with you both there. I think it is definitely the right move. I mean, it's the first big decision... That Williams, if this has come from them, or even if he hasn't, they've had to agree to it, I guess. It's the first big move that Yoski Peter, the new CEO, has had to make. I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. So, yeah, I think we will see Williams move forward. Probably not this year, but next year, hopefully, if they can get things right. Uh, We're going to finish by talking about the seven-time world champion, no, not Michael Schumacher. Schumacher. It's Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> uh, Is Michael Schumacher the greatest British sportsman of all time? <laughs> I mean... Yes, he is. Yeah. And that's a debate <laughs> yeah. for another day. So, yeah, thank Lewis you, Hamilton... No, I'm not actually going to... Nigel, you're presenting. Go for it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, he got knighted. Was he knighted before we did the last podcast? Or? No, no after. He, he wasn't, but yeah. it was essentially announced. Yeah, so, congratulations, Lewis Hamilton. Mm. Uh, Freddie or Adam, have you got anything to say to anyone who doesn't agree with the decision? Well, <laughs> yeah, nice to say. No, no, <laughs> really. It's it's like I, I looked at the Daily Mail's coverage of Jensen Button getting his MBE in like two thousand and nine, nine hmm. into ten, I guess, if it's New Year's. Yeah, yeah. Versus the coverage of them, Lewis Hamilton getting his knighthood. And it's just night and day. And it's... F1 drivers, for the most part, are tax exiles. You know, they live in Monaco to not pay tax or whatever. And Lewis isn't different in any way in that. That doesn't set him apart. That doesn't make him a bad F1 driver or a bad person or a bad Brit. So, you know, what sets him apart is he's won the most races of all time, the joint most championships of all time. He's got the most pole positions of all time. And he's got the most podiums of all time. So to not recognise that by knighting him would just be farcical to my mind, to be honest. And yeah, I'm, I'm really glad it comes through. And I'm sure it's a debate that we'll have another day about where he ranks in, you know, British sporting pantheon. But, I just think a lot of it, I think a lot of the criticism isn't because he's an F1 driver or because of anything else. It's because he's black, basically, and people don't think he fits in or they don't like him or they see a black person with a big platform using their platform to talk about issues that don't affect the type of people that are writing a title uh, article titled Arise Sir Exile and people see that and they don't like it so I think it's absolutely mm. brilliant that Lewis did get knighted and I'm not at all a fan of Boris Johnson but it looks like he pushed through a lot of it and kind of you know played the system a bit to get it done and I think that was was a good thing to do so yeah well this is something though. Uh, but yeah it's weird because Mo Farah when he got knighted he's a black athlete I don't remember this much criticism, so I don't really... So he didn't speak strange. out. He, he, he yeah. doesn't kind of use his platform to so, so do you think that is issues that are uncomfortable to Daily Mail writers. People can easily look at Mo Farah and say, Mo Farah is a runner, and that's it. Yeah. Um, and, if, and the reasons people 
have been giving to, um, to, to damage Hamilton's reputation and to defend their viewpoint about him um, not deserving a knighthood have not been anything to do really for the most part with his sporting achievement. There's been a few people who clearly obviously don't know what they're talking about when it comes to Formula One, but that's fine because you're going to get that with any sport. I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to whitewater canoeing or something, but like you're going to get people who are saying he's a tax exile and all of that. Well, he works in every country around the world, doesn't he? So being paid to do Jim a job. Clark, Jackie Stewart, um, Nigel Mantle, Damon Hill are all tax exiles as well. Yeah. People come up to me. I've spoken to people, not people come up to me, but I've spoken to people and they've said, um, Lewis Hamilton, he's so arrogant. Oh my God. And it's like, no, he's not. He's the most humble. Have you ever seen him? It's, I heard someone talk to me about why can't they all be like Nigel Mansell? And I said, you're talking to me about arrogant drivers and you brought up Nigel Mansell as the driver yes. who's the ideal. I mean, come on. So, there's, yeah, it, as Adam says, there's a level of racism there and it might not be clear cut. People might tell themselves, oh yeah, I don't, I'm not racist, but there's obviously some kind, obvious to us, I think. I don't think we're being too um, harsh or too un too judgmental saying this but there's people who are not understanding why they feel an aversion to lewis hamilton and they're clutching for reasons to dislike him and who knows for some people maybe it is genuinely they just don't don't like his character and that's fine that's some people but they're mostly quiet so they're mostly understanding of his achievements in sport and his achievements in um human rights standing so I think there's a lot to be said for people just having an aversion to whack people and not knowing they do, really. I think what, what really showed his class to me was the Sports Personality of the Year Awards, where he was, when they interviewed them kind of before the award was announced, then he was kind of the only person to say, oh, you know, thank you for picking me and congratulations to, you know, everyone else on this list. And then when he won it and he, said thank you to the you know people who've run the phone lines and everyone who's kind of worked to put this event together and you know congratulations to the other athletes because anyone could have done it and you know to me that shows real humility and you know he's he's seeking actively to not make it about himself he's seeking to make it out of about other people so i think and yeah, he's been, to me, it feels to me that he showed his class feels to me that he's he's just like that he's just an absolutely lovely yeah. person and some people will probably jump on that and say, oh, he's been pushed to feel the need to be really nice because there's other reasons that they shouldn't like him and that kind of thing. And that's just not true. I think, if anything, it just backs up even more that he's a lovely bloke and that he's just really deserved. Like you say, he's so humble. He is he's so complimentary of the team every race. And yeah, you have to be to be a racing driver and that's just part and parcel with it to be complimentary of the team. But to that level that Lewis is, that, that um, even when he was so complimentary and so engaging with the fans, people made a meme out of it when he would say best fans, best fans, that kind of thing. He didn't really do that. He was just trying to engage the fans everywhere he went, way more than everyone else. Because he sees more than anyone in most sports that this is an experience for everybody and that this is, and that he's living the dream. And he understands that. He's not there in because he, he understands he's not there by some golden given right he's there because he's worked hard and he deserves to be there and lewis understands that and because of that he respects everyone else to such a degree that he deserves so much more respect than he gets i agree yeah you've both made great points there the one thing i will add is i mean what more do people want him to do? I guess. I mean, I think he can. He can That's solve cancer, solve climate change, solve everything, and he'll still get criticised. Some people just, are just unfortunately, just ignorant. I think is the word. Yeah, uh, you're right. They just don't know what they're talking about. I guess they don't understand. Yeah, I think it's the understanding uh, of what they're saying. But yeah, you're both absolutely right. And well done to Lewis Hamilton for winning sports personality of the year and for getting the knighthood it'll be interesting to see if anyone actually calls it in, in by causing him sir in the paddock i doubt it but sir lewis yeah i imagine everyone yeah. says to jackie everyone said to sterling oh yeah true they're gonna say sir lewis i'm gonna say sir lewis 
That's it. On, on kind of all the official graphics and stuff, it'll say that'll be very cool. Sergei <laughs> Sorokin is very upset. Yeah, I was thinking if you got... I was trying to think of any race where it would have been Sorokin above Hamilton because then you would have had Sirhan, but I couldn't because Sirokin wasn't a good driver and <laughs> in a bad car. So there we go. But <laughs> Sirokin had, some, had a really weird 2018 season because he had some absolutely mega performances, some absolutely dire performances, which is weird. Because he finished thirteenth in Monaco, he finished he finished thirteenth in Monaco in that Williams. I mean, there's nothing that's that pretty good out for me. <laughs> he got a point. Well, Stroll was too late that year, yeah. Yeah, Stroll was. Yeah, too that's that that yeah. takes the shine. Stroll was bad that year as well. <laughs> Stroll's bad, real. Now, yes, let's talk about race times because yeah, let's let's talk about because F one is going to revert back. To the old days, well, not that old because it was only a few years ago. They're going to revert back to the two o'clock Central European time. That's one o'clock in the UK, if you don't know, box. Uh, rather than the ten past two or whatever, it's a must three now. So, is this good? Is this bad? I mean, for me, I'm not too bothered. But Adam and Freddie are going to have a, a debate starting now. <sighs> well, I, I kind of didn't see the point in the ten past thing, and. I mean, you can deal with it. It's fine. It's just when it starts. But like, it's so much easier when it's on the on the hour. I like That's my it. point. I like the ten past. I because like with anything, it's nice to you know get in, watch the last bit of build up before it starts. So you catch a bit of that. You know, you start watching on the hour. You catch a bit of that, and then you uh, and then you you know get the start of the race. And I quite like that. I just think it's a nice optimum level. It gets you in the mood a bit. They don't sit down on the hour and boom, it's the crash on the first lap. And you're like, oh, what's happened? I don't know, because you've not watched the build-up. So by doing it like that, I just... a bit earlier then. Well, getting a bit later if you want to watch... If you just want to watch the race. I think for me... This is obviously 21st world problems. I want it all to start as soon as possible because I've been looking forward to this. It's been a build-up since Thursday. I've been looking forward to watch the practice sessions. I've watched all the... Not quite. I mean, like, it can start at, like, two or it can start at five. But, like, if it starts, like, after I've watched the, the build-up for <coughs> Sky for, like, an hour and a half, I don't want to watch it for another ten minutes. I want to get to it now. Come on. That kind of thing. I mean, yeah, that's, that's my opinion. I kind of just want it to happen quicker. And it seems yeah. more logical to have it at o'clock. It's just cleaner. And it really makes no difference. But it, who cares? No, it's... Uh... I don't know, I might have to boycott the season because of it, to be fair. But, you know, <laughs> and I mean, applications are now open for another spot on this podcast. A permanent role wow. for Adam, who's boycotting the season <laughs> and can't speak about anything. Because no, I'm come on the, I'll yet. just come on the podcast and sit here, not say anything. I'll just be here. You'll be a devil's advocate on everything. You'll be like, actually, I thought it was a really boring race when we and I come job. on sweating after like, loving it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adam would I mean, just chime in like oh what's Alex Alvin doing these days oh, God. in like August <laughs> no I, 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 I just, just have it just have it at 10 past it's just nice it's just nice you have it at 10 past it's better it's Another not it's change that. It's, and it's unique as well it sets it it's like right in the middle it's like so you'd, afterwards it's a bit like oh it's dinner time now what do you mean? What? <laughs> so if you start oh, at two, then it's not dinner time. And if you start at ten, Nigel has a very strict dinner time. <laughs> nine minutes past. Because of that extra ten minutes, then it runs over. No, I can't watch the end of the race now because I've got to go dinner. Just have it at ten past two. It's better. How do you do with like US Grand Prix for bedtime, Nigel? Not too fair for Americans. This doesn't help them in a way because they're gonna have to get up ten minutes earlier. It's an hour and ten. It's an an hour hour and ten. ten. Yeah, it's an hour and ten. It's not just ten minutes. It's one hour and ten. Oh, thank God! Just make it earlier then. Don't care about the hour at all. Just, just the ten (laughs) minutes. So it helps Australians. But doesn't help if you're in America or Canada. I mean, thank God we're not going to Australia for us. It doesn't help us. And it also means the Channel 4 highlights will be on a bit early, so it helps them as well, in a way. That's good, actually, so, yeah. But uh, not... 
That's settled then. It's good. Let's move but, on from this mundane, pointless debate. Yeah, it is pointless. Yeah. Adam? Wait, how does it... It will still it's be the same gap, ten... time gap between the race ending and the... No, it's an hour... But if the race started... To, if the, the race original race broadcast was an hour later than what it will be now, then the highlights gap will be oh, yeah, the hour an hour will. later. I don't care. Yeah. The hour can, you know, do whatever. I'm not... Just tell them minute. you don't care and they'll just say, oh, sorry, Adam doesn't care, actually. <laughs> Well, no, I don't mind either way. I'm not fussed about the hour. It's instigated by the TV companies. And the TV companies, I think, have basically come up with some things saying like, oh, people come on at o'clock, then turn no, up and don't turn back on again because there's it, no race. The reason for it is the teams, it, they can start packing up earlier and stuff, which will help with triple and double headers. Oh, is it? Oh, okay, that makes idea. sense. Yeah. Yeah, Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah give the team's 10 minutes. I'm not fussed about the hour like for the fourth or fifth time. The hour's fine. It can, you know, move around in terms of hours on the clock whenever. It's just the 10 minutes. Just Oh, right. I'm getting a debate now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get your point now. Well, that was pointless, wasn't it? Uh... Thank God you're not in some kind of union debating society, <laughs> Nigel. <laughs> Get the debate now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Lewis Elton, he hasn't signed the contract yet as of this podcast, unless he signs it in between this and when it goes out. Uh, well, yeah, not with us, not unfortunately. When is he, he, he going to sign it? As the pundit? I think fortunately, <laughs> that, I think it's fortunate he hasn't signed a contract with us because I can't afford fifty million dollars per year to sign him onto this podcast. <laughs> I can barely afford gonna... that for myself. Well, tell me, let's have a, I cut the salary, a prediction. guys. Is he going to sign it January, February, March, or he won't? He signed it, I think. April. Oh, you think he has signed it? Yeah, it just hasn't been announced, has it? What's the point? Everyone's been having weeks off. What's sleep, fun. Adam? I just don't know. I genuinely yeah. am like, it's what if bizarre. he doesn't? What if, what if he just doesn't sign it? What if he just like, turn it to testing? What if we turn it to testing and there's just one Mercedes car going around? They're like, oh, it's all right. Hamilton's not signed yet, but you know, it will be for Saturday. Uh, Bahrain. And then we turn it to Bahrain and they're like, oh, well, you know, we've not actually got Hamilton yet, but he will sign. You know, we, we're going to have him for the season. And it's like, it'll be like, we get to like Russia and Monza. It's like, yeah, we're, we're going to sign him. I just don't understand. At He'll all. still it's win like, the title. Mind boggling, yeah, he probably would, to be fair. Do but you reckon it'll like... be like Senna in 1993, where he, um, yes. they said it'll be like. He, he didn't want to, he wanted to sign with Williams and McLaren had to say to him um, they couldn't afford his salary because Honda had dropped out and Ford were a customer engine, not a works engine with McLaren. So McLaren like, okay, we'll give you five million. And he said, okay, cool. I'll do the first five races then because he wanted a million a race and then just did the whole season anyway, but with like not arriving until like Friday morning and stuff like that. So, well, I, so, I you think, so you think Hamilton wanted to go to Williams, but now he's <laughs> going to go to McLaren. Yeah, you want to sixteen with for twenty three million. Well, hey, Nicholas Latifi brings money. Maybe he will go to the Mercedes this year. Uh, Mercedes got... AMG Lavazza Coffee Patronus Formula One team. Ineos. Ineos. I of have course. a Cappuccino Ineos. Lavazza Cappuccino Ineos or whatever. Cappuccinos. Cappuccinos. That's how you say. It. Yeah, like it's a thing. By Lavazza or Ineos. But if Lovato or Ineos want to sponsor us, the gap is here. Thank you for that brief message from our sponsors, Lovato <laughs> and Ineos. <laughs> Back to you, Nigel. Uh, Adam's got off this, oh no, it's this hoodie. It's not Adam's in fit. I thought, <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a theory on this. Could be wrong. Ooh, be, let's hear your theory. Who's your source? He knows this is just... Is it Tartar or Mayonnaise? Nicholas Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, BTC, yeah. I think, so probably about 11, 12 months ago, Hamilton and Toto Wolf, they had, in theory, like, they shook hands, they had a deal uh, for Hamilton to have, to get paid 50 million or, well, to increase his pay, essentially. But then, COVID happened, and then Hamilton... Carry on, Nigel. What was all that about? We, we oh, did right, a handshake okay. where we did our elbow. Oh, right, yeah. We did That's a COVID right. handshake. Yeah. But carry <laughs> on. Really you know. Because oh, I've changed tabs. So like, I just changed. Yeah, oh. anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we just, just like to do things me. in the background <laughs> while you speak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, then COVID happens. And then 
Halston didn't want to sign such a big deal with what's going on financially in the world because it didn't feel right almost. Uh, and then Mercedes and Hamilton expected COVID to uh, not be as significant as it was, but it turns out it is. Throw in the Ineos uh, deal as well, uh, which happened in December, didn't it? So that means Hamilton has yes. to please the board of Mercedes and Ineos. He has to get them both to agree to pay such a high salary, if that makes sense. Also throw in George Russell doing so well in Sakir. I, I think that is a factor as well, because now Total Wolf might be thinking, oh, do we really need to pay this much to a driver when, Total, when George Russell performed so well and nearly did what Hamilton normally does on the race weekend. Of course, it was only one race. We shouldn't judge it. But I think that is a small factor. But I really think with this COVID situation and what's happening behind the scenes in Mercedes and what's happened within the US, I think I think there is a financial, uh, what do you call it, deadlock? Is that the word? Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a, yeah. They're trying to negotiate a deal. Now to does want more money because when when you're negotiating for such a high figure the, the money does become you know I mean, it's 50 million I mean it, it's a load so I think there is yeah like I said a deadlock between Halton and Mercedes and I, and I do think it is money personally yeah that's my yeah. theory it's an interesting Toto's theory signed on now that's the thing it, it mm. always seems to be like Oh, they're just waiting, you know, for Toto to sign on, and Toto's waiting for Hamilton. That was kind of the line put out, and now he mm, has Toto's... It. still nothing. It's it's so I just find it really bizarre. Like, like when is it going to end? I don't know. I mean, Toto's increased his ownership. Have, in will the Van team. Dorn be driving for Mercedes next year? This year, <laughs> I don't know. It is. I mean, I can't remember a time when. Definitely a driver, you know, in one of the top teams has signed so late or re-signed so late. I don't think it's ever happened. It's very bizarre in a way. Especially when they're the reigning world champions, sir. Button and Braun. Mm. Oh, yeah. Button and Braun was different because I think he was was technically still signed to Honda. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, Um, yeah. But I know it's different. But that wasn't this. this, Schumacher was announced to Mercedes on the 23rd of December. That of uh, 2009, that was kind of late. Um, Button went to McLaren well. kind of late. Um, yeah, it did went really well. Um, I think there are obviously teams that are left in the lurch a bit sometimes, but hmm. that's normally due to instances out of control, like Robert Kubica's rally crash, that kind of thing, or um, that that leave people off off the grid. Um, it's not normally um, so kind of easy to guess that there's like you say Nigel a financial butting of heads I'm, between I'm just these two. Speculating of course I could be completely wrong, but I just think Mercedes and Ineos have probably offered Hamilton a lot less money than he wants because of the financial situation the way the world is and Hamilton isn't having it perhaps. But I'm just you know your guess is as good as mine. Well he was he was all but he was all but nailed on in an interview to Corinne Chandock around Silverstone. He was all but nailed on and essentially implied that he had signed a contract and that there was just mm. a few finer details to point out. And Karun pushed him on that and he he was quite coy, but it, he seemed to imply that it was really one thing that he yeah. was tipping. He was just waiting to sign it, basically. And there might have been changes in the ownership of the team that have impacted. Like you say, he's got to now please Sir Jim Ratcliffe and he's got to now please... Um, more from Total Wolf because Total Wolf now has got a third of the ownership as well, that kind of thing. So they've got more sway there's more sway from different parties in Lewis Hamilton's uh, contract and salary and so on. So who knows really where this is, but it it is starting to get a little bit too close to the 2021 season. Mm. Not be worrisome, frankly. Yeah. It would be insane if he didn't compete. It would, that would just be mad if he didn't compete this year, but... We'll just have to see. It is a strange one. Uh, yeah. Is definitely going to vandalise his fax machine. <laughs> 100%. Like, 
like there's just no way he's just like yes this is Maybe that's, that's why he job. hasn't signed he's just he can't find his fax machine because Bottas nicked it so Bottas is just hitting his Wi-Fi with a hammer every <laughs> single time he tries to sign it um, yeah I, it's yeah. genuinely Stop bizarre uh, so I think now this is the end of the podcast Congratulations to D Phillips on winning the F1 fantasy. Thank you, Adam, for that. <laughs> uh, we definitely didn't mention that before. Uh, whoever he is, yeah, well done to him. Or she. And, or she, sorry, yeah, or she. Uh, it's been a weird podcast, as usual. No different to any other episode from last year. Uh, yeah. I forgot how you end these things now. What do you say you can watch us on all of our channels oh, yeah. so you can see us on youtube you can see us on spotify you can listen to us on itunes you can listen to us on our acast website platform and you can listen to us on google podcasts you can follow us all on twitter there's at wing f1 for our group twitter account there's at fred coast 1999 for me at nigel c journo for nigel chu and at adam dickinson 01 for adam dickinson from 2001 and you can see us all there for our random trawling weird thoughts and um, links to articles we write and so on so yeah that's, that's why that's Freddie usually presents not me not usually so... I usually end <laughs> <laughs> yeah so on that note we'll say we'll see you next time and goodbye bye bye